Mentally and physically, success can be defined as getting up one more time after you've been knocked down over and over and over again. I'm T. Wood, and this is Triumphant Moments, where I highlight significant moments in life that are far beyond the surface to inform, encourage, and inspire people to triumph over their life's challenges. This is Chopping It Up with T. Wood, all things HBCU edition. Listen, I told y'all, I'm not just here to run my mouth. I'm going to make sure we grab the necessary information to help people press forward. With me, I have some good brothers that are part of, work part of the United Negro College Fund. Now, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys introduce yourself. Haki, you can start first. Thank you, brother. It's a pleasure to be with you on Chopping It Up with T. Wood. Uh, my name is Haki Halisi. I am the Area Development Director for UNCF in South Florida, a uh, position that I proudly serve and I'm humbled to serve in. With me today, I'd love to pass it over to my friend Carlton Williams, who's on our leadership council. Hello, everyone. My name is Carlton Williams. I am a proud participant of the UNCF South Florida Leadership Board, also a fellow HBCU alum as well. So I enjoy talking about both as they are near and dear to my heart and my efforts. That's real. That's real. Um, let's pretty much dive right on into it, fellas. Um, first and foremost, um, now, can we get a little bit of history of United Negro College Fund, maybe some of the things that uh, UNCF has done to help individuals, maybe? Sure. So, like I said, I proudly serve as the Area Development Director in South Florida. Um, UNCF, the United Negro College Fund, founded about 77 years ago, April 25th, 1944, is the nation's largest and most effective minority education organization. Um, it serves the community by supporting students with scholarships, um, development programs, as well as supporting and strengthening our 37 member institutions and universities. Um, and we also advocate, namely advocate on the Hill uh, for minority education and college readiness. And of course, as you know, everyone knows, no, no statement of philosophy is more well known than a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Um, something that we updated in the late 70s, a mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Mm -hmm. um, and primarily, we have about 400 scholarships and um, different programs at the United Negro College Fund nationally. Um, we serve throughout the nation. We have 23 different offices. Um, from Atlanta to as far east as New York, New Jersey area, as well as as far west as San Francisco, and of course the great state of Florida um, here where I serve. Um, we serve about uh, 60,000 students annually. Mm -hmm. We've helped more than 600,000 students uh, attend college. Um, and probably at a 70% graduate rate. So we've probably helped about 70% of that 600,000 graduate from college. We give out 17% of all African-American baccalaureate degrees at our institutions. So mm -hmm. minority serving institutions, HBCUs, um, give out the majority of um, baccalaureates to African-Americans. Um, what else can I say? Yeah, so you know, annually we're giving out money to students, we're supporting our HBCUs, and we're advocating. Recently, uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, as you know, uh, the, the federal government did a lot of relief um, efforts, 
And right. so we advocated for a lot of that. We were able to get a lot of our um, institutions, um, a lot of their debt forgiven at the um, federal level. And, and one of the things that I like to, to throw out there, the United Negro College Fund is only second to the federal government in financial aid assistance to minorities. And so mm -hmm. after Pell Grants, we give out the most money. Wow. So, wow. Uh, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> that's a lot. Mr. Williams, so there's a generation of, let's say, youth that may not be, the reason why the point is that they may not necessarily be familiar with UNCF or even have the motivation to take the time to 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 go and apply, would you say it's uh, pretty lengthy in the things that you need to do to apply? Uh, what are, what are some things that I guess the youth need to do to to apply to potentially receive some assistance and funds in college? Sure, I, I'd like to have Haliki Haki. I was about to say his full name. Really speak to kind of that that full process, but but I, I'd like to highlight a couple points around the steps to get engaged with UNC, okay. uh, UNCF schools and an understanding of the schools, right? Um, okay. One of the things that Haki um, mentioned overall is just the number of institutions, 37 across the country. It's also important to note that a lot of those institutions are private institutions, right? And they're not the schools that are funded by the state education systems. Therefore, the work and the efforts and the scholarships from UNCF are very valuable and critical to helping those universities maintain uh, effective students, maintain their student bodies, and continue to allow them uh, to function in the way that they do. The, the other piece that I think is important and really hints on not maybe just the process itself, but the UNCF offices around the country, which Aki and, and I are a part of here in South Florida, they're, they're one of the key vessels on being able to communicate uh, the impact for HBCU potential graduates, potential students in the respective communities, right? We don't make it hard, <laughs> in right. fact, to go out and, and, and get dollars, right? right? Our goal is to continue to push that message out to high school students in the respective areas, making them aware of the types of opportunities out there. But to put candidly, a lot of folks, to your point, don't know as much about UNCF, right? They think of Lou Rawls, right? They think of the telethon. They don't think of the next generation <laughs> of individuals like Akia and I, who are proud HBCU graduates continuing to pick up the baton and talk to uh, the community about the overall impact. So um, in, in terms of just the process itself, Haki is, is best suited to answer that question. I just wanted to focus on the fact that we're continuing to push that message uh, right. to worthy students in the communities through engagement activities, through scholarship functions, talking to organizations in our community to get them to understand the the, the the, the types of students that come out of HBCUs right. so that they can also be aware of the talent that comes from them and give those of the opportunities when they do graduate. Haki, I'll, I'll give it back to you to talk a little bit about that process for applying. So in, term, in terms of the process, the, the main vehicle for applying for UNCF scholarships is uncf.org. On our main national website, a student can go on there, click the scholarships tab, if you're new to the, the website, they'll ask you to create a profile, which is standard on you know, all scholarship sites. Once you've created that profile, you'll have access to apply to those 400 different scholarships and programs that I talked about earlier. Um, it's a real simple process. 
most of our students, you know, who've reached this this high school level, I'm sure are very tech savvy. They'll be able to go on there and apply. But one of the things that um, that's important that Carlton said was at our 23 different offices nationwide, a student who's not technically savvy, because we have those too, right? A student right. who's not technically savvy can go into that office and talk to someone at that UNCS office. And like both of you who are HBCU grads, I think UNCF um, promotes that familiar atmosphere like you got at your at your school, and they will help you. If you come to my office, I will help you through that process, get you online, create your um, your profile, and you know, and go from there. What I like to tell students is, um, in in a sea of four hundred scholarships and programs, mm-hmm. um, our donors tend to specify for certain things, right? So there are restricted scholarships, and there are scholarships that are open to everyone that can be used at our th- thirty seven member institutions, but can also be used at other schools, right? But in that sea of four hundred, I always advise students: if the scholarship restriction says we're looking for green-eyed Martians that were born in 1995 um, who only pledged a certain fraternity or whose parents only pledged a certain fraternity or sorority and who are left-handed, right? Right. If those are the five criteria, apply for it anyway. Because in in the field of scholarships, what happens is when they can't find that left-handed particular fraternity legacy that, you know, has green eyes, they're going to go to the next best thing. Dual alert. And and so, you know, it might be a (laughs) right-handed legacy and so on and so forth. So I always tell students, whatever scholarship website you're on, whether it be, you know, UNCF's great scholarship website or our our partner uh, Thurgood Marshall scholarship website, um, any of them, apply for as many as you can and let the money come into you. Because you're going to you're going to qualify for at least one. And the ones that you don't qualify for, you might be the next best thing. And they give it to you anyway. Yes. See, when you're thinking about that is something so key, because, Brother Haki, one of the major things is when students read the criteria. That's right. And it, it reminds me of apply, applying for a job. You all, people tend to automatically write themselves off. Sure. That's right. That's right. So, you know, you see the criteria, it's like, okay, I can't go for that one. I am so happy that you brought that up because that is extremely crucial. So people can still apply for it. And then if the if that person's not necessarily found or met, it'll go to the, I guess, the next best fitting person. Is that so what happens is you always hear this. There, there, There's hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships out there that aren't being used. The reason they're not being used is, you know, in the field of philanthropy, you have activist donors. And so they're trying to change the world by helping a particular person along the way. So, you know, I went to a little school in Washington, D.C. called Howard University. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but if, let's say, I were the donor... And I wanted to create a scholarship for students who, you know, it's, it's not this restrictive, but let's say students who have applied to Howard University, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the normal 2.5 GPA in high school right. um, have, has filled out a, a, a FAFSA, which is the federal student aid application that allows you federal funding. So if those criteria aren't met, okay, so... What, whoever runs that scholarship can call me and say, Haki, well, we can't find any students 
who want to go to Howard. Would you consider giving that scholarship to a student who wants to go to FAMU, which is an equally great school, right? And, and I would say, sure, let's do that. I want a student who wants to go to a HBCU. And so that's how it normally works. The, the people reviewing the scholarship criteria, reviewing the applications, if they can't find the exact criteria um, candidate, then they'll go to the next best thing. And so, like you were saying, don't take yourself out of that pool because it says something that, you know, you think you, you don't qualify for. Apply anyway. Let them tell you no. Don't don't you yourself take yourself out of the running because you might be something that they're looking for. And, and then there's always the, the opportunity. Like I said, we have 400. So you might apply for one scholarship. You don't get that scholarship. And we're like, but that, this, this kid is a great candidate. Let's find them something. We have 400. Let's find them something else. And once you've created your profile on our website, you're eligible for anything that's on our website that, that applies to you. And so we might find you something else. Mm. I definitely think I think oh. that's an important message in that it's the first goal is to just get yourself in the pool of candidates, that's right? right. <laughs> get that's yourself right. in the pool of candidates. And right now there's a momentum, of course, related to HBCU experience, HBCU education, that it's important for whether or not a student desires or has the true ambition to go to an HBCU to still apply for these opportunities because it allows you to one, gain experience. That's right. I'm a big person in gaining experience on filling out a form, going to an interview for the job that maybe or the opportunity or the college that you may not want because it gives you that learning lesson, right? right. But it also allows you to engage with and be part of a pool of candidates as it relates back to UNCF scholarships. You may not fit the, the initial one that you applied for but it gets you in that conversation, right? It gets you under consideration. And, and, and that's important as we continue to try to push and engage more students that look like us to attend HBCUs for quality education, to prepare them for advanced education and also for the workforce. Now see, there's a certain passion that jumps out of the screen that comes, that exudes from both y'all when it comes to this. So tell me this. What do y'all feel triggers it for you? What or what is there any did you experience uh, any assistance from UNCF, you know, in your time? Or is there somebody that might have worked with them that was just help provided for you? What is the, the key trigger for both of you all that provided this, this passion and help that y'all have right now for UNCF? Well, um, I myself, I'm going to date myself. I attended college in 1990. I was the first um, in my family to attend college, like many of our students. They're first generation college students. Um, and so my mom was a single mom of Haitian descent. So, well, I'm of Haitian descent. My mom was born in Haiti. She didn't go to college um, in the United States. And so she knew nothing about you know, the college going process, the, the, the application process. I remember distinctly my mom paid a lawyer $400 just to fill out the FAFSA, something that I would learn I could have done myself, you know, um, through my financial aid office um, without losing that $400. So you imagine how many other students have gone through 
that process. But also, um, you know, along the lines of, of, of my motivation for this work, you know, I could have easily been a statistic. I was I was born and raised in in Newark, New Jersey, but I, I grew up in New York, in Brooklyn, New York. I could have easily been a street corner pharmaceutical salesman. I could have, you know, been one of the murdered statistics on a Brooklyn street corner. Um, but, you know, some things happened in high school that led me to a path of, of Howard University purely by accident. Like I said, my mom knew nothing about the application process. So I essentially caught a ride from two friends in my high school that were going to Howard also during my freshman year, got there, got on campus, didn't have housing, um, had a Pell Grant and some financial aid, but Mm. most of my money was going to either come from loans or scholarships. Mm. I went to the residence life office. I met a gentleman by the name of Dean William Keene, who walked me through the housing process. Um, I ended up in a senior dorm instead of the freshman male dorm because, you know, by the time I got to campus and hadn't applied for housing, you know, I took whatever they could find for me and they found something for me. And and I'm sure both of you guys are, you know, HBCU graduates. I'm sure you got that love by somebody on campus Mm -hmm. too. Yes. After I got my housing straightened out, I walked into the financial aid office. I remember this lady's name distinctly, Tanya Simkin. Tanya told me everything I needed to know about the financial aid process. She even told me at the time, remember, you know, I'm an old dude. This is back in 1990. In Washington, D.C. at the time, if a student um, was from a certain income bracket, you could file for food stamps and they would feed you through food stamps. Hey, And so Tanya walked me through that process. She said, here's what you do for your financial aid. I didn't have a meal plan. Go down to this office downtown, get yourself some food stamps so you'll be able to eat. And, you know, little by little, going into different offices, asking for help and getting help, getting like, like paternal, maternal type help on this campus. You know, I'm the dude that you see before you today. And so you know, passing that kind of assistance along, passing that kind of love along has always been my passion. Um, you know, I, I see myself in so many of these students that but for an opportunity could be somewhere else. And so I, I, I work to try and provide them that opportunity. And I think everyone involved at UNCF, at HBCUs works uh, to provide those opportunities for our students. Come on, Mark. indeed, indeed. Congratulations, Brother Carlton. Yes, so I um, I am a proud graduate of Florida A&M University in Tallahassee, and I got there actually not necessarily by accident, but but through understanding what the HBCU experience really meant. My mother is a graduate of Fort Valley State College in Fort Valley, Georgia, and actually she went there because that was the that was the option, right? She grew up about sixty miles away from there. And if you were going to college in middle Georgia, back in the 60s, you were going to Fort Valley State, right? I had some other uh, uncles, cousins of my mother, father's generation, attended various HBCUs as well, Howard University, Tennessee State University. But again, their drive to go to those schools was primarily because they viewed it as that was their option. Right. They weren't looking at going to the larger state schools where they grew up because it wasn't something under consideration for them. They knew their best chance for getting educated was to go to an HBCU. I didn't really understand that until I got to the HBCU myself. 
-hmm. And what really drove me there ultimately was a pastor of mine who said, you'll have the opportunity to go back into what is society today, which we are a minority of that 12 to 13%. But this chance, your college choice allows you that opportunity to be around like-minded individuals, get the nurturing, the consideration, the understanding that Haki talked about a moment ago. This is your one chance to control that destiny in your college choice. And I took it, right? And when I'm glad I took it. Um, I grew up in Maryland, outside of DC, a city called Rockville, Maryland. A lot of people up there couldn't even pronounce FAMU. When I would say FAMU, they would say FAMU. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, I go on a college tour. I, I um, decided to be a biology major at the time. And you know, I'm starstruck by not only the campus, what I'm seeing, it's, it's Florida. I grew up in Maryland. It's springtime, it's, it's gorgeous outside. But I had a chance to see, of course, uh, doc, Dr. Humphreys. And after I did a little tour, Dr. Humphreys uh, and also another uh, gentleman by the brother, brother Leo Sam, you know, took my parents and I into the, the dining facility, the faculty dining facility. They answered every question that we had about school. They took us over to my, my major office. I then was, uh, and it wasn't just solely because of the interaction with them, but have been awarded a partial scholarship. They really took care of those out-of-state fees, right? Out-of-state fees. I like Haki went to school in the early '90s. Those out-of-state fees could be pricey, right? That's right. <laughs> and just, just the, not only from the moment the day I took a tour, all the way up through making sure you know my my scholarship was applied appropriately, any financial aid that I needed, people helping me to, to then become an in-state student so I can get myself through grad school and walk myself through that process and any aid that I needed there. That nurturing that I received along with the quality education. And that's the other part. Let's not forget the quality education that's right, right. That's that we right. get from these schools. Come that's on. the nurturing, the caring, the support that springboards a lot of us to be the successful individuals, the entrepreneurs, the business owners, those that are in corporate America leadership right now. You know, folks like my, uh, myself, Haki, this age group, we're the leaders, we're the, we're the mid-managers to senior executives of a lot of organizations right now. And if not, we're the key influencers, right? So it, it's, it's the, the network that we obtained while being at that school in addition to that, to where we go to any major city, we're, we're not alone. We can find right. an alumni chapter. We can find someone we went to college with. We need something just as when we're raising funds for UNCF, we have a network of folks that are phone call away to help support us. When I talk to some friends, and it's no knock, but I talk to those who went to uh, predominantly white universities as well, they don't share that same experience. Maybe isolated in some, right? Some that have a larger uh, minority population, but they don't share that same experience. And, and that's why the work of UNCF is so important. That's why we must continue to not make this just a, a moment in regards to how we speak about HBCUs, the love that we have, the passion that we have, but more importantly, the results that HBCU schools put out into the workforce. That's what we have to continue that mantra, not just in this moment of heightened you know, social inequality, but we Tell have to do this every single day That's right. uh, until we have no other breath. So uh, I don't want to preach too much. I could talk <laughs> on HBCUs all day. That's right. It's meant to me, but it, 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 is, it is not just about just the passion of our respective schools. I tell everybody all the time, we're more than just bands. You know, That's we right. are quality educated individuals 
And that's why the work of schools like UNCF are, are so important. One of the final thing that I want to bring home about the, the circular point of, of UNCF and kind of how I got here. Um, I actually went to school with uh, an individual who was the son of William Dr. Gray, who led UNCF uh, from the early 90s into the early 2000s. Justin Gray, his son, was at FAMU with me, and it, it kind of brought full circle in all of those components around UNCF's work. I never forgot that, never forgot how Justin talked about what his dad was you know, doing back during that time period. And, and also when I got a chance to be part of a, a corporate leadership team that needed someone to represent um, UNCF for that institution, I, I jumped at that moment at that time. You, you know what, and, and this is just me taking out time to send a quick little shout out to, uh, not even a little big shout out to Voorhees College, which is one of the HBCUs I graduated from is them and Florida a and University. Um, <clears throat> just knowing the love that I got from Voorhees College Tremendous. And then when I see y'all plug your HBCU, your respective HBCU, every single time I am seeing, even though they're different HBCUs, mm -hmm. I am seeing the same result, the same love, the same passion. It, I'm telling you, I see every time when y'all talked about your HBCU, your eyes lit up. Regardless of whatever ups and downs you had, it lit up. That's right. Tell me this. What is all right, we see the support that UNCF has. What about the what about what people can do to support in UNCF? What what are some things that people can do to either donate or give back and where would they go for that? Absolutely. Well, again, you know, we're in the electronic age, so ev everything is done online and like I said our our main website is uncf.org. Um, our South Florida website uncf.org/fort lauderdale is our local um, website for South Florida. Um, UNCF is primarily, my position is primarily a fundraising position and our major fundraising and fundraising event is gonna happen on December 3rd. It, it's at the Har Harbor Beach Marriott Resort and Spa. It's the 21st anniversary of our South Florida Leaders Luncheon. And that luncheon we do annually uh, to raise money for our scholarships, to raise money for our students, to raise money uh, to help promote our member HBCUs. Um, here in South Florida, we here in Florida, we have three member schools, uh, Bethune-Cookman University, Edward Waters University, and, and Florida Memorial University. Um, and so those three schools benefit from our fundraising. Um, we do... We do annually several different fundraisers, but that event on December 3rd um, is our main primary um, fundraising event. And, you know, people can donate to that, participate in that, but also reach out to your local office. Call your UNCF office, volunteer, volunteer at some of their events, ask to volunteer to mentor a student. We have mentorship programs. We have um, lectures that we, we, we provide. Carlton has spoken at several of our online lectures during the past year. And so you can be a part of that as well. Give through philanthropy, yes, but give of yourself. Like you were saying, and like we've both shared, um, part of the HBCU experience is that wraparound services that you get from HBCU family. And, and so you, you leave home for the first time, you're on a college campus, people kind of wrap you in their arms and, and they take you in and they treat you like family. And so we promote that at UNCF as well. 
um, helping our students in any way that you can. Give of yourself, give of your experience, and letting them know that you know there are people out there that want to see them succeed. Because we have some of the greatest students. Let me, as Carlton said, you know, I've talked about processes and I've given numbers, but one of the things that people tend to think about HBCUs is that they're less than. We have some of the greatest students in college right now, yeah, and but for that financial hurdle. They are the geniuses amongst them. And then the, and the other thing, too, that I like to point out is that, um, you know, within the United States right now, we have less honors students. To, we have less students than China and India has honors students. So let me repeat that because I kind of bobbled that a little bit. Wow. India and China individually, not combined, individually. China has more honors students living in China, fluent in English, than the United States has students. India, by itself, has more English-speaking fluent honors students than the United States has students. So in a global economy, when you're talking about this global community that we mm -hmm. live in, everything mm -hmm. is so close, People, are, people in the United States are competing with that, yes. right? And so yes. if we want to remain a world leader, if we want to remain economically viable, if we want to remain a superpower, minority students need to be cultivated for our student pool to be lifted to that level. Wow, wow. So, Hakeem, that... Make of that what you will. <laughs> well, it, it, it just highlights that that education really is a, is a is an arms race, right? Yes, sir. We think yes, about sir. we think about objects, military, um, you know, <laughs> products within our economy as as a race against the global aspect and our global competition. But sometimes, very you know, infrequently, we don't hear about education as the competitive arms race as well. So, so thank you for, for bringing that up. That, that's, that's, in, that's so important for us. And hopefully we, we, we all can really understand and embrace what that truly means. If I could just highlight a couple of other areas that, um, in, in which people can support UNCF and, and other HBCUs. The one area is within whatever organization that you work with currently, if that organization has a corporate giving program, Right. Um, success uh, successfully earlier this year, Haki uh, introduced a corporate giving partnership with a, another large uh, global organization for their North America operations and raised significant dollars that can help scholarships. So a lot of us work for corporations, employers that match uh, or, or sometimes will be willing to allow for their internet platforms to be used as online giving portals. That's right. Ask uh, your human resources department or your leaders there. Um, could could that be offered and UNCF be part of that portal system as well? The the other piece is, is getting back to then that educational awareness, which is around um, making sure that those that are in education today really understand how to get information in students' hands about HBCUs. Yes. What, what, what do I mean by that? Um, helping those that are in education today, guidance counselors, teachers, those that lead academic advisement, even just teachers themselves up front, drive them towards sites like uncf.org, 
or to get a better understanding of the schools, the opportunities, the scholarships, but but also find where there are, to Haki's point earlier, assistance. If you can't do the lift, let some of the local offices do the lift. But then finally, make sure that whatever state you're in across the country, if there's an HBCU there, please make sure that you have some type of relationship or contact with those schools. When it comes to um, a student applying there, though that they're not just one student applying by themselves, no, establish relationships with these universities at every single school in these larger public school systems, the private schools as well, so that there's a relationship there and it's not a cold handoff of student to student. It's a warm handoff, it's a warm send off. They have someone to advocate in their scholastic um, application process. And also make sure that HBCUs and, and UNCF schools in particular are at student um, career days, right? So, you know, we got we don't get the awareness unless there's representation. When we have the career day, we shouldn't have only the state schools that a student is part of and even schools from out of state or other state schools. If they can travel, we can travel, right? And in today's virtual age, if they can't be there in person for a career day at a school, then ask them to send a video submission that the students can have access to. But there's no reason right now that there isn't the opportunity in person or virtual for students not to be aware of what the, the great works that are going on at UNCF and some of the other HBCU schools across the country. And, and, and if I could piggyback off of that just briefly, um, we advocate for higher education, primarily right. for our HBCUs, but we want minority students to pursue post-secondary education. So what does that mean? You know, in the legislation going around right now, they're trying to make community college free for all students who want to attend, who are eligible to attend. If that happens, that'll be great. So attending a two-year community college, if you go ahead and get that associate's degree, even the, the, the great prices that you get at HBCUs um, that are more competitive than some of your predominantly white institutions, sometimes it's too much for low income, first in college, single parent students, right? So right. go ahead and attend that, that community college that's in your area, but then take those credits and transfer later on to an HBCU. Get that first two years of college done at a, at a community college, transfer to a, a HBCU, your degree will be the same. You'll still say, I graduated with a bachelor's degree from FANU, right. even though I started at Miami-Dade Community College here in South Florida, a great school. And you'll still be able to have that credential. Like I said, at UNCF, we really want minority students to pursue post-secondary education, whatever that looks like. And we give scholarships for the gamut. We give scholarships for primarily prim, um, minority institutions, white institutions, community colleges, even technical schools. We have some colleges. We have some scholarships for technical schools. Wow. So pursuing that that post secondary education is what's key. Because, like I said earlier, you know, one of the things for the United States to remain competitive is to push education as a human right is to push education as fundamental to the success of everyone. Because as you can see, the world is changing. Look yeah. look at this, this uh, pandemic. Look at the example that it's given us, uh, right? right? Without nurses, doctors who were on the front lines, without some of these, you know, firefighters and, and, and other medical professionals, 
what would the world look like? Mental and, health therapists. Yes, yes. mental health. Yes. And those are credentialed people. Those are people that went to school to learn those skills. And they're the ones that saved us during this past year. So become one of those people and pursue a, a post-secondary education. Uh, and I and I know, I, y'all know, I would keep y'all on this episode <laughs> more hours because of the knowledge and the information and the compassion that's being presented out there. I'm going to make sure we stretch this to as many students as we can to get this information out and so that they understand, look, we can help. Let's 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 get this going. Um, there's one thing I want to point out, and I want to see if you all to agree. Uh, no matter what HBCU you graduated from, um, whatever city, something that struck Haki, something that you said, would y'all say that you can still participate and help out another HBCU if you just happen to be living within the area? Is there anything that you can do to help out? That we're not uh, just because we're different from different HBCUs doesn't mean it's we're separated. Like okay, I went here, so I can't show a little support. I'm living in the area. You know, you might have your your son, your daughter, a relative attend the attend that particular college. Y'all have anything y'all want to share on that? Carlton, I'll let you go first. Sure. We we are doing that currently. Again, Haki and right. I are from, from different uh, HBCUs, but in, in different geographies from where we reside today. And the HBCU that's closest to us is Florida Memorial University. That's right. And we have strong relationships and ties with them as much as possible. When there is a fundraising event or they have um, opportunities for us to come and support that school, we're there. Right. right. So it, it, it doesn't matter where you're located. If you're around the school, that has the same passion and drive that you have for your HBCU, and they have fundamental needs on supporting students, getting them educated, and more importantly, either, like Haki said, getting them to advanced degrees or getting them placed in awareness of corporations and opportunities once they graduate, you know, that that's the goal. That That's what we're trying to achieve, right? So don't let your geography limit your opportunity to be some supporter of HBCU or minority education in general. There's always an opportunity to serve and support. Uh, and also, like more, more specifically, UNCF, um, we have an alumni network um, in every city that we have an office. And so we have an alumni networking functions, um, not only for our member schools, but for anyone who attended an HBCU. And so, you know, volunteer, like we were saying earlier, at a UNCF office, and they, they might place you with the alumni network, and they have their own activities. They have youth groups that they support. They have um, college-going activities. So I know there's like uh, annual, here in South Florida, there's an annual send-off for students who've been mm -hmm. accepted to Howard, um, you know, um, in the fall. So we have an alumni group that, that gets them, you know, um, sheets and, and toiletries and things like that. And then we send them off and we have a whole little ceremony. So be a part of those things. And like you were saying, it doesn't matter what school you went to, you know, um, the HBCU family is deep, you know, and, and supporting each other, it, I think is something that's key at every institution. And so, you know, whatever, wherever you find yourself, if there isn't a school, there's probably a UNCF. And if, yes. if by chance there isn't a UNCF office or a school, you know, then, you know, connect with us online or there's a Thurgood Marshall scholarship fund, whatever, whatever organization that you, you, you find yourself near, be a part of that organization because ultimately 
fundamentally, minority students need to be attending college and we need to promote that however we can. Absolutely. Y'all need to understand it. We are to the end right here. I want to say this to you all. I thank you all for uh, coming on the show and taking our time in y'all day to help encourage, to help provide some information about UNCF, all the powerful things it's done and all the powerful things that are going to happen. Um, and really how accessible UNCF is. Yes, you know, a lot of people don't yes. realize you're not having to, to push over a mountain. You can get connected. It's it's right there at your fingertips. Yes, sir. Um, I'd like, before we leave out, I just want to know if there's anything you want to share. Is there a particular website outside of a uncf.org, I believe, if anyone wants to go there? Any other uh, websites that y'all needed to make sure you plug out there for anyone? No, our, our information is on uncf.org slash Fort Lauderdale for the local office and the national office is uncf.org. Um, you know, anything that, you know, folks want to do, they can reach either me directly or or the national office through those two websites. My, most of our um, emails, my email, my, my uncf email is haki.halisi. H-A-K-I dot H-A-L-I-S-I at UNCF.org. So you can email me directly. And, you know, like I said, I'm happy to help any student that wants to take this journey. Uh, I look forward to lifting up um, those who are coming behind us. And also, please check out all of the social media sites as well for UNCF nationally, as well as UNCF uh, local offices, whether it be through Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera you'll often see the opportunity to engage on certain events or fundraising opportunities via those social media sites as well. And so no one, we're to the end here. Please don't be alarmed. I know we all look related. It's <laughs> I get it. No, we're not related. Don't worry. We're not related. Anyhow, uh, Brother Carlton, Brother Haki, could you please tell everybody who you chopping it up with? Oh, man, it's been a pleasure chopping it up with T. Wood. This was truly triumphant. T. Wood, right. appreciate you. Thank you so much, brother. No problem. Y'all have a blessed one. All right.